Hey, 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 can you hear me? Of course I can. You sound like a pilot, man. Do I? <laughs> Which oh, is good. Man. It's good. It's good. I hear you so clear. It's nice. How are you, my man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain right now. It's, it's quiet. Very. Yeah. How's the family? We're good, man. Uh, can't complain. Baby girls are graduating this week. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, they're getting older. That means I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting older. Don't ever. Always deny that. I, only in competition. Um, yeah. <laughs> apparently now it's the competition phase. You know, growing, well, raising kids, you got your terrible twos and yeah. the question phase. Now it's the competition. Daddy, race here or I could cook this better than you. Just make some cupcakes. Everything is like a competition now. <laughs> Hey, that's good. Some people don't even have that bug. And I love anyone who has that bug inside of them. To oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, Divine, first of all, I'm going to thank you for joining me on this show. Uh, not sure how much do you know about Straight Handball Talk. Uh, it's, um, I started this during this whole COVID, COVID crisis, being stuck at home and thinking about handball and all the great things about handball that I got from. So it, it, it's conversation between teammates, competitors, partners, friends uh, who are forever connected because of the extraordinary bonding power, power of handball. Absolutely. So now you and I fit each of these parts because first and foremost, we are fierce competitors for as long as I know you. Second part, we have been teammates both with New York City Handball Club, uh, first in Big Apple and second for the first time when we went to the uh, Pan Am Club Championship qualifiers for Superglobe. And of course, uh, uh, we, in a, in a way, we didn't partner, but we were sort of partners when you organize a big event at the Coliseum. Um, and four, we are, we're friends that are connected to this handball. So I think you are a perfect person to, to explain to the world uh, uh, this power of handball that connects people for forever, no matter what circumstance you are in so thank you for joining the show and and i'm really happy that you you're a part of it thank you for having me so i mean i'm i'm you've been a part of a usa uh handball communities since i've been a part of it and uh, you started very early uh so can you tell me a little bit and i'm asking this to everyone whether it's Dubo Vranish, whether it's vit katvichnik whether it's uh, uh kim duriets I want to know how did you start playing handball and who got you to love the game of handball? All right. Um, well, the way I started, again, the way I started with handball was completely different how um, the stories you hear with most Americans. Uh, I actually started in high school. Um, going into my sophomore year in high school, we had a gym teacher who was – his thought process when it came to getting students um, involved was out of the box. Uh, when people talk about gym sports, mine wasn't just basketball or volleyball. It was like scooter soccer or uh, wall hockey, like things like that. And then he introduced uh, handball. Mm -hmm. So at that time, as we know, Lazlo Jurek, which is like the godfather of handball in <laughs> America, uh, he taught my gym teacher at Adelphi. Okay. So when he brought that um, 
when he brought it to Hempstead High School, where I am in Long Island, uh, he brought Lazlo in as a clinic first, as a, a guest speaker, and he introduced the sport to us. Um, a handful of us loved it. We've been playing it. Uh, we was playing it for the whole time during the gym time. Uh, I would say about three weeks. And within those three weeks, Lazlo asked me and four, four of my friends if we would be interested in, one, playing for his club team, and do we have any dreams of being in the Olympics? <laughs> And <laughs> that's his number one recruiting tool, by the way. <laughs> but uh, we, you know, we we was optimistic about it because being in a, a very a small suburb and and Long Island where we were was that you know our way of getting out was through sports, but it was track, football, basketball. So you know, the thought of combining all of that all in one, we was like, all right, we'll take a look at it. So. This is how fast everything ended. This is how fast everything started for me. Mm. I remember like it was yesterday. It was fall of 2001, uh, October. We did team handball for three weeks. Then he invites us to a handball practice at Adelphi. We go to a handball practice at Adelphi. We loved it. The following week, he invites us to the West Point Invitational. <laughs> Remember back in those days when uh, West Point had two tournaments? Yeah. Yeah. So the Handball Invitational, where uh, Garden City had two teams. Yeah. The, the first team was Tom Fitzgerald. The, the Olympians. Bobby Dunn. Yep, the Olympians guys. And then the second team was who are these guys? The new guys, the young guys. <laughs> so we go there, and the first game, I believe we played the DC Diplomats, and we wound up tying them. Mm. and I remember walking back to the bench at the end of the game, and the guys was yelling at each other. It was like, you have a – we just tied to a bunch of high school kids who just started playing <laughs> literally three weeks ago. And that was like the big excitement for me was like, okay, <laughs> we have a sport that I think that we could be successful with. Yeah, yeah. Then we played you guys, and y'all smoked us by like 20 goals. <laughs> Oh, that was when Richie played. Yes, that's exactly when Richie played. That's when I, uh, f that's when I physically found out how strong his forearm is <laughs> on his follow through. Absolutely. Um, his nickname, the Fridge, was no lie. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that happened in October, and he uh, Lazlo took because at that time Lazlo was the U.S. Men's National Coach. Yes. Um, then he took us, me and three of my other high school teammates to, uh, Lake Placid for, uh, tryout for, first it was to go see the senior men's tryout. Yeah. And we was talking junk cause you know, it's an eight hour drive to Lake Placid. And we yeah. was like, I think we can make the team or we could put on a good showing. So we go try out and we come back. And I remember we was getting ready for basketball season and I get a, I get a phone call from the gym office telling, telling my gym teacher to get me. Yeah. And he sits me down and says, you just made the men's national team. <laughs> and I'm like, what men's national team? <laughs> I had totally forgot about us going to Lake Placid. And he was yeah. like, the U.S. men's handball national team. And I said, all right, you lying. <laughs> I kid you not. When I said you're lying and I walked out of the gym office, 
Lazlo was there in his red convertible in the front congratulating me for making the team. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. They was like, all right, well, this is what you need. You got to get your passport. You got to get this. You got to get ready for Pan Am championships. And I'm like, <laughs> time out. Like, I literally just started playing the sport like almost a month yeah, ago. Yeah. So now you're telling me I've made the natural team. So uh, from that from that day on, it was just like, okay, I can this sport can take me places where I've never been. One, my first plane plane ride was through handball. So all the other stuff I've been traveling with basketball and football was bus rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first flight was to Miami for training camp. So it was that's how I got involved and from there on it was uh top level handball like I had an expectation from the beginning like, it was no letdowns I, I, this is crazy because I know you for so long and obviously I we never get a chance to speak for too long when we're in these competitions but yes. I didn't know this and I think this is a phenomenal story and I think it's just the way I feel most of the people who get in handball love handball and stick with it for the rest of their lives. It's how it happens. You get, come in, you try it out. You're an athlete. You, you were a good basketball player. I know for a fact. Uh, uh, but then you have this guy like Lazo comes in who's, who's born and lived handball through his whole life. And he picks and chooses you because he sees something in you. And he makes it sort of like you are coming with me. No questions asked. And immediately everything changes. And I, I, Almost every story, every story of a person who really got to become a, a, a person of Hamble started this way. And I love it. I love your story, man. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it was surreal at the time. Now it's like a, what they call it, like a, one of those myths. The fact that I was the youngest player ever to be on the men's national team. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when everybody be like, uh, so how long you been with handball? And I'm like, I'm about to reach 20 years. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> how old are you, 32? Like, what? <laughs> like, like, what happened? Like, how do you get to be with them that long? I'm like, yeah. it, it just all was just different back then. And it was a pleasure playing with all the legends and um, all, the, yeah. all those great guys. Uh, yeah, but, they but, definitely taught me a lot. But also, I mean, obviously, uh, you've had certain footwork that – not many real, even pro players had uh, at at your best. I mean, there are very few people that had that that footwork, and and I think being a handball player as Laszlo was, he understands, he sees it. You can see it. You can tell immediately uh, what this person can bring to the game if they have that one natural ability that's going to work in handball. Because obviously, you need that one thing. Everyone needs that one thing while you're learning the whole game. So. I mean, thank God for Laszlo, huh? Yeah, listen, uh, growing up, I was a three-sport athlete. Then handball helped me with all the other sports. Um, I, I told a lot of people it was like uh, – it, it's funny because when people talk about the NBA and how the guys travel, and I'm like, oh, we do that in handball all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of handball. You just never stop traveling. You never stop traveling. You don't know you travel until the ref blows the whistle. Yeah. And then that's when you know. Other than that, just keep taking your yeah. steps. <laughs> so, do you remember your first game? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, 
I remember everything like it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> my my first trip with the men's national team was to Argentina, um, Pan Am Championships. Okay. Um, that's when they changed the rule from 16 active, no, from 18 active to 16. Yeah. So at that time, I'm thinking, because I have my uniform and everything, uh, I was going to get some playing time. Yeah. And I was in Argentina for 10 days and didn't get no playing time. Yeah. But as far as practice was concerned, I treated practice like it was a game. It was times where Derek Heath looked at me where it was like, yo, I just got done getting beat up by Chile and you over here trying to go full speed. Like, you need to slow down. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to get on the court. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be where you are. Mind you, I'm 15. Derek Heath is yeah. probably 20 years older than me at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just trying to, you know, feel that experience that those guys are feeling, you know, going to war with them. Yeah. So, you know, we, we definitely, I definitely played a strong role as far as, you know, keeping them competitive for those 10 days. Um, but it wasn't until 2002 where we had the Norker. I remember that. Um, first game was against Canada. I was nervous as heck. <laughs> uh, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't break 200, let alone I couldn't even break 190. And I'm playing left back. But it was good because I had a, a fellow um, teenager with me at that time, Gary Hines, as we all know, is hang time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had somebody there close to my age where I can bond and we can grow with. And that was the first time where I saw the speed and the strength was completely different than how it was club, how it was with high school, um, even with the college game, how everything was different. Um, but my first real punch in the mouth was the 2003 Pan Am Games in Dominican Republic. Uh, we played against Brazil. And I remember Mohammed, my teammate, set me up for a cross, had my footsteps ready, ready to go up. And I, I believe my teammate now currently, um, one of his best friends stepped up from the three position and literally just all I saw was the goal, and then I saw lights. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was on the ground for a bit because I was trying to, you know, process what just happened because yeah. the hit, I didn't feel the hit. I didn't feel me hitting the ground or anything. But it was just, like, so quick of how one blink of an eye, you see the goal. The other blink of an eye, you're looking up at sky. Yeah, looking up at the sky. So everybody was like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, but what just happened? They're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, did I score? They're like, no, he saved it. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. funny. But you you know what you mentioned before? A very important thing that I believe every handball player has to go, and especially American handball players. And it's like you said, oh, I traveled to Argentina with a team. I thought I'm going to play, but I didn't get any playing time. But you competed in practice you were there to support the team you did everything to make sure that those guys on the first team feel that you're there one to replace them if they need to two to make them step up their game now Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think that's a such very, very uh, a European mentality when it comes to teaching you handball because you, you might be able to spend a year, year and a half on the bench learning about the game, being there all the time. And when the, your name is called, you come in and you step up and do your part. I, I think I've always had a problem when I had like American players in the team. Everyone wants to play right away. Every yeah. single player wants to play right away. I'm like, I know even if you're the best player probably the most athletic player, I'm not going to give you any time until you learn how to be on that bench and wait when the moment comes for you to step up and when the coach calls you and then be ready, not when you want to be ready. So I think that's really important to learn the culture of handball. And I think that's one thing that uh, uh, if you're an American young player, you need to learn. Oh, definitely. And you know, tell me about, I told everybody, I said, it took me 10 years. Um, to even get to where I want, where I thought I was okay to play on the world level. Yeah. And they all looked at me and was like, well, you made it. I said, I understand I made the team, but I also had to go through the same process. Exactly. Because even with the club, I wasn't on the Garden City's first team. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I was just at the right place at the right time with using a couple of God's blessings where it, it made me, you know, take it to a whole nother level. It made me focus and be like, if I want to be the best person, not only in the U.S., but probably top 100 in the world, I have to do this. So, you know, especially with my Long Island team, I I try and tell those guys all the time, like, success is not going to come right away. Um, You got to take it one step at a time and you just got to work at it. And now that they live in the, the social media era, now you can get that access online. Like I couldn't, we couldn't get that online. Sure, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody sat there and said, I played in the Buenos League for 20 years, we have to take their word for it. We, yeah, exactly. it, was no fil- <laughs> it was no film. Yeah. So now if somebody say that and there's no film, they're like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, today you got to be good. You can't fool anyone. Yeah. So you, you and me, obviously, we played many games against each other. I mean, I, I find it the rivalry that we have on the individual level, but also as a club level, it's the only real handball rivalry that has been around for 13, 15 years. Uh, do you remember any of what's your favorite game uh, against me or against New York City? Oh, man, so many. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, we could talk about what was that? Two thousand five in Houston, where it was what five, six red cards. Oh well, that one, yeah. <laughs> you you know, I think I, that that really sparked the rivalry right there. But I have to tell you, that was the first time I actually joined New York City Handball Club, went to Houston, um, and. And I went there. Richie put me on the right wing to yes. play right wing. And I, I know, I know, I, I took four shots. I scored four goals. But I remember my, my team. They were fighting between each other, like they were arguing. We were ahead against. I don't even remember. Like this was semifinals. But then we, they kept going, shooting every two seconds. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like I can't do this. Like you guys cannot do this. Anyway, we lost. And. Um, but I remember that's a moment where first tournament, and I said, you know what? I'm not doing this again because I couldn't believe what was going on. We mm-hmm. were doing okay until some of our guys decided to go on their own. But, uh, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy uh, uh, tournament. 
Yeah, no, I I, re- I remember in the in the placement game. Um, I, I believe uh, at that time, the nicest guy on our team, Bob Hillary, got upset <laughs> and got a two minute. So if you let somebody like him get upset, I, I knew it was a very rough physical game. Oh man. Um, let's see. We can go further back. I want to say two thousand. Uh, 2006, uh, actually I wasn't even with Garden City. That was, uh, no, 2004 was the time where I was with the New Jersey high school team. Oh, well, that's, that's before my time. Yeah. So 2004, okay. 2004, New Jersey, um, high school team. We played New York City in Canada and we were down two. and I remember, uh, we went on a nice run, wound up being up two with three minutes left and a big bro happening like at half court. Now, mind you, it happened at half court. <laughs> I was nowhere near in the picture, but I saw one of my teammates about to throw his fist up and I'm running full speed, football speed, and I grabbed him and snatched him up. <laughs> so it wouldn't be no fight. Yeah. We come back the next day. I got suspended. <laughs> what the hell? By who? I, I, from the league. Um, yeah, I got suspended from the league that time. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday because I'm like, I got suspended for doing something good <laughs> and, prevent, and preventing something. Yeah. And it was just like, well, somebody had to be suspended. So I guess – Oh, the no. big name. I'm like, oh no, y'all can't really do that. <laughs> so, oh, that's hard. that's that's one I remember. Uh, how about York? Yeah, York was that was a great win for you guys. I mean, I I, I think that was. Uh, I what was his name? The 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 Swedish guy, Bjorn, not Bjorn. Yeah, was he, no, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and then. I mean, I remember we everything was fine. We were up by three goals or four goals in the second half. And I remember when I, I was in the game, at one point, actually, I was going one-on-one on you, like disrupting mm-hmm. you. So there was no no rhythm. And all of a sudden, in two and a half, three minutes, like, things turn around, and then you just, poof, you won. Like, it was just so quick. Um, that was that was a good win for you guys there. Yeah, it was just... Even between that, the what the game before that, um, where we was in the same, we was the play-in round, the uh, round robin. Y'all yeah. smoked us. Yeah, but it happened twice this one. Like it, in round robin, in two tournaments nationals, it happened exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. We smoked you in round robin, and then in the finals we lost by one goal twice. It was twice. It was exactly the same. Sort of like someone said, okay, this is, but this is the rivalry aspect of it. You know? Oh yeah. I think that's the beauty of it because, you know, when we play against each other, there's plenty of history, one, some bloody. <laughs> and, and then there, the other times, like one day, okay, one team has a really good day, but when it matters, it always becomes tough and exciting. And you just never know until the last 40 a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love all our, our, our games. And, and I know that things are changing. You guys are, are you know, renewing the team with a younger group. And I'm think, becoming older. <laughs> both of us, I think, we're, we're slowly in that part where the young ones have to take, but they need to maintain 
that intensity and, and the respect and to the game and to this rivalry and they have to go all in whenever we play against each other. I hope that never changes. It's very important to me. Oh, to me too. Absolutely. That like that's one of my biggest recruiting trips is it's just like if you want to be the best, you gotta beat the best. But at the end of the day, it's coming back to New York. We just yeah. don't know if it's Long Island <laughs> or the city. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> another another thing that I remember between um I mean with what we did together was a big apple game against the all-stars. I mean, this was our fourth or fifth year. I think it was the fifth year that we did it. And um, uh, you were part of it, Jordan, Gary. Uh, we had Javier Cuesta, the coach. And I remember we, or actually you guys were on, on the court. You gave those guys a run. They actually, the All-Stars were scared. We were like one or two goals close to them. That was <laughs> You know, I, I definitely remember that. A couple of, a couple of those guys was like, you almost made us play for real, for real. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he wasn't playing for real. <laughs> no, but still, even even in that sense, yeah, they were playing for fun. Yes. But it was we were not playing for fun. We were playing to get you down when you were playing for fun. But make a statement, absolutely. Yeah, it was so close. I loved it. I really yep. loved that moment. It, it was it was fun. It, you know, that's that's a, you know the hand, type of handball that when you recruit people, that's what you want to bring out, you know, the best of everybody. And um, I, I just felt that, you know, by us, because Gary, Jordan, Lewis, we were the guys that were chosen to bring awareness to USA Handball. Yeah. So for that big stage at the Big Apple, that was a statement for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, felt confident and, and happy to be on that stage with you and, you know, put on a show. So I, I, thank you for that. We got to bring it back. We have know, to bring it back. I know. I know. That was so good. That was so much fun. That was such a good momentum. And uh, hopefully we're going to bring it back. And uh, I am the one thing that I'm pissed off about that particular game and the particular tournament is that's the only one that I didn't have on on video. All the other ones I did it, but that one, and it was the best one of all of them. And I don't have it on video, so I'm, I'm really, really pissed off about that. So I will never, never, ever not record anything that's important anymore. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's go back to a little bit more uh, interesting current stuff. Now you are the USA Team Handball Northeast Regional Director, if I'm correct. Uh, can you tell me what are your responsibilities? and expectations you have from this uh, position? Uh, responsibilities for this is to uh, develop the younger generation. Um, my job is to try and get more collegiate clubs going and operating as well as getting the youth involved and the youth uh, set up for it. Um, the position is an honor, it's big, it's a uh, it's very humbling to be honest with you um, because with New York, with uh, all the applicants in New York city and the New York area, you know, it was, it was a lot of guys that, you know, could do it, could have the position that, you know, I, I'm just not taking it with a grain of salt. Um, but, you know, from the experience that I, I, the experience and the connections that I built with um, USA handball and now collegiate coaching, um, I think I'm definitely going to use those connections and that avenue to bring more college clubs. Uh, 
as we know in this era, in this day and age, if it's not on TV, it's <laughs> it's not for real. So, but um, the the one thing that the college game does bring is the the college feel, the college awareness. Um, the fact that you know these universities do have the space and do have the resources and the players to have have it on campus is is definitely a big goal, especially for you know somebody who is an advocate for higher learning. So. You know, if you're in middle school or in high school and you have aspirations to play on a college level, we're definitely uh, working on getting that up there. That's good. But I have to say, and, and also I, I really encourage a lot of people, members of our club to uh, to apply for that position because I knew that uh, they could definitely uh, help. But I certainly believe that they got the right man for the job because you certainly are someone, one, most importantly, historically, you have been involved and you understand the, the culture of the sport. You, you have the connection with the people, the respect. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, let's not forget about the, the game itself. You know what to do with the game and how to sell the game. Uh, you, you do it all the time with your Long Island team. So I think in that aspect, uh, I think they got the right guy for, for the region. Uh, but secondly, I think... Uh, most importantly, you you have done a bunch of stuff. You have done that. You organized that event just recently last year. Uh, that, that was at the American International University. Yeah. And then also you did the uh, the event with when you invited us to at the Coliseum in Long Island, which is, I think, the the biggest stage that handball was played in New York. Uh, I mean, right after the, the the development league of NBA, which you know, it, it was a lot of fun to be in that, that arena. I wish it was full, but we still had like, you know, 100 people watching us. So I think in that aspect, like you have all the qualities to, to do all the right things that needed to be done. But at the same time, I think you have a, a huge challenge because I don't know what are the resources that you have available and uh, uh, what is expected from you. as What is a successful outcome that they – USA Team Handball expects from you in this role? Uh, their, their expectations is to, you know, have between four to six new collegiate clubs. And I know uh, with you guys, with New York Edge, to do more partnership and do more things with New York Edge youth. Um, definitely to get that going. Uh, and just bring in more members and more awareness, more awareness of the sport of handball. Uh, so, the the one thing, like I said, is uh, I'm starting from scratch. So, there's no, I would say, there's no downsides to it. It's just like you know, when you're from the bottom, you can't go anywhere else but up. So, <laughs> uh, starting so, uh, bottom man here. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, that's that's the expectation right now. Um, I've been communicating with a lot of schools, uh, building a lot of relationships with a lot of schools. So I, I have uh, different ways to, you know, try and create those avenues where club and collegiate club can coexist yeah. and work as one. So um, I, I definitely made my promise to you. So I'm still working on that. Well, you you know I'm very easy to please. You know that. All I need is gym time, free gym time. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, um, definitely working, you know, on those schools. Uh, it's, it's very unique in the New York area because, you know, with the gyms, they're not wide. Everything in New York goes up. So, you know, finding the right gym, building the right partnership, getting the right people together, you know, that's, that's, that's my communication. So, that's my background anyway, media communication. So oh. hopefully that'll work. Yeah. Well, I, look, I, I think you're a great guy for, for that thing. And I, I really wish you good luck. And uh, obviously whatever we can do to help support you in, in this mission, uh, we're here as soon as we can get back to it, uh, hopefully. Um, but again, you know, these things don't happen overnight. And these things don't happen without putting a lot of time and I know this is not gonna, this is not your full time job, obviously. So uh, to be done right, that we need a lot of resources, obviously. Like, uh, and and if we don't get that, again, like you said, yeah, we cannot go worse than this, but we want to get a lot better than this. And without real resources and really dedicating time, you know, I always go crazy about that. Like, I, I don't get involved in anything that I don't feel like I can sustain it for at least two years. Because just to start with enthusiasm, it's, it's easy, but then to build it, it's always difficult. So I hope you get the support, especially the financial support to do this stuff. Uh, uh, Absolutely. And, you know, I'm the same way, you know, learning from you with building the Big Apple, you know, doing, making sure that I don't want to be a one hit wonder. Yeah. So I, I, I want something to, you know, be built have a strong foundation and just keep it going for years to come. I want it to grow as, even beyond my existence, if that's possible. So, you know, that's why I took this role is because it's something that I can set the foundation the way, you know, not just what USA Team Handball wants, but yeah. the way I would love to see it go and then to go from there. Yeah. And, so, and, and again, you have that, the way you got hooked into handball, it's 99% of the world-class handball players in the world got hooked into it. It's, it's, and you know how to instill that in, in players. And, and again, I'm going to say one thing uh, in, in this situation is, why don't we get, or why don't we have more black people playing handball? Because obviously, some four, four of the greatest handball players that I know in USA or have heard are black. That is Derek, Gary, you, and was it Brown? Like Der uh, Derek Brown? Yes. Oh, smooth Derek. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Think about it. Like, how come we don't have more? And, and, and what do we do? Because, look, I know, I know, we're all pushed to, to think we can be uh, uh, the next Michael Jordan and well, basketball is this or, or a football is that. It's, it's, it's sort of like media brainwashing. But I think handball is a, like you said, opportunities to travel, to expand your, your mind for education, for, for meeting people of different backgrounds, because that's the most beautiful thing I find about handball. Like, how do we do this? Like, how do we get into to the, the, the black communities and, and really we instill this to have more players play, at least in New York. I mean, I, I'm dying. I did it in Harlem Children's Zone five years ago. I went there. We did it for a few. I mean, it was incredible. I really loved it. The kids were so good. It was just incredible. And, and the coach, we developed the relationship with the coach, and we were going to start a club, a handball club there. And then he left. And then you have another guy who's teaching baseball and took team handball out of the program. And I went crazy. 
It's like, I, I just lost it. I was like, how can you do this? I mean, like, and of course, as a, as a outsider, I didn't really have access to what the curriculum should be. I mean, you have to have the guy inside to say, yeah, I want to use these guys and we'll do this. But the, the coach said, I don't want team handball. I'm going to stick to pay his baseball two extra uh, uh, semesters or whatnot. So what do we do, Devai? Um, it's funny. Uh, I, I got a question. I've been asked this question for the past two weeks now, which is uh, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty humbling. Um, but I, my personal opinion is that with that, with hmm. It's a tough question. To, it's a tough question to answer. Um, you can't really give the right answer or the wrong answer. Uh, Your answer, was, whatever it is. Oh no, I know. Uh, it was just completely different with you know the four guys that you mentioned. But uh, my my thing is, you definitely have to. Once you jump on an opportunity, once you make that plan, you you have to keep it going. Meaning, like with my story was. Literally within a month, I, you know, made the national team. But, like, um, if you want the next, you know, Gary Hines or the next Derek Heath, then you you want to try and create playing opportunities and exploring opportunities. Exploring opportunities just means that, you know, especially for the kids in the inner city, being able to get out of their surroundings. Yeah. Um, so if anything, like, with me growing up, we had high school nationals. We had high school tournaments. So because now that we don't have that, that was one avenue that was taken away. Because when we did have that, that's when I had uh, the Hempstead High School team playing. And now those guys grew up to become the Long Island Tigers. Okay. So it's, you know, sitting down, creating a plan to where you can have leagues start right away. Um, the attention span is very short yeah. so you can't you know start something in september and think something is going to work in december if it starts in september you got to continually have it going and have it something new um and something more challenging um that was my big thing was that i was able to leave one of the worst neighborhoods in Hempstead, um at least if not twice a week um twice a month so you know, to, to in order for us, I don't know how it was in Atlanta or Derek Heath grew up in the same neighborhood as me, so he definitely knows uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what street I lived on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, f for that, because, you know, I used to say it wasn't popular enough, but now you can, because of Laszlo, you know, taking me around to different schools and introducing me to different people, those guys have looked me up. Those guys have reached out to me and, you know, taken interest to, you know, how can they be a part of it or how can they do the things that I've done? Right. And at, at the end of the day is that we cannot have no layover for, you know, for the youth in general, you have to have a strategic plan that is continuous every week. Um, one of my biggest proposals is handball, it conflicts with basketball. So if you're trying to get the next, you know, 
basketball athlete to play handball got to have it during the springtime. If you have it during the springtime, now you have 10 to 12 weeks where you can grab them in, sell them, and it leads to the summer. In the summertime, that's where most of the international games are played anyway. So now you have league play, then you have regional championship, then you can go right into international. Now these guys can play basketball and then play throughout um, throughout the spring into the summer and then go right back. Uh, th- those are certain things where those conflicts you don't want to have. Yeah. Because now at this age, because football is popular, soccer is popular, baseball is popular, yeah. um, you don't want to have them make a decision. Yeah. Because if those guys have to make a decision, the first thing they're going to do is turn on ESPN and see LeBron, yeah. uh uh, Tory Hunter, yeah. uh, those they're gonna see those guys on TV and be like, "This is what I can. This is me at the highest level compared to you know us hearing you can go make money overseas." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, but that's for the older, for the younger generation. It's just what they see, and if they see more guys like them doing it or running the program as well, yeah, then you would get them. Uh, attach more well you know yeah i totally agree in in all parts but one part that i would want to do and this this is how i would do it if i could actually had the the resources and commitment of people to coach a a a group of uh, um you know black kids to learn how to play handball is go pick and choose go to schools i want to i was like okay you play the sport like look just like lazo looked at you he saw your movement pick and choose and i want you to come talk to their families and say like you the 30 of you because not just 16 i want 30 because you never know some of them are going to quit because they're not going to like handball that happens with anyone some of them are going to not be as great as the others but ultimately you're going to get 16 great kids but but you need to make sure that you have four years plan that you will do this every single day and then include the travel which means travel overseas give them that experience, that feeling of bonding together, play against other countries, uh, let them build that, that community with, uh, I mean, to me, it's so simple. Like you're really simple, but you just have to pick the right people who have the right moves. And then you, I guarantee you, we can make them love the game. We just need someone to support financially a four year or five year program. Well, you know, that, that's a great, that's a great suggestion. I love it actually. Um, but there was a growing up, there was a gentleman that actually did that. Uh, his name was Frank Carabella. I'm probably botching his name, his last name wrong. And I'm sorry, Frank, you know, you, my boy, I love you a hundred thousand times. Um, so Frank is the athletic trainer now at, uh, Elizabeth high school. Um, at that time he was at Plainfield high school. Frank was the goalkeeper for, I want to say, the Olympic Festival team back in 96, okay. 98. Uh, he wound up having a family. Uh, I'm going to run, run down. Frank, you owe me for this feature. But um, <laughs> So what he did was in 2004 is that he created a high school team out of New Jersey. Hmm. And he brought the guys up once a week from New Jersey to Adelphi to practice with us. Um, And he said, this is, you know, this is my plan. I want to show everybody that 
the inner city kids are just as good as yeah. any American kid that you have out there. At that time, when we had the Northeast League, um, early in the stage, when I joined the New Jersey high school team, we went from being last place to finishing second behind New York City. Um, from that time, everything was, like you said, paid for uh, as far as travel, as yeah. far as um, a little bit of food, but, you know, the hotels, we, we yeah. had to pay for ourselves, which was not bad. But at the same time, these high school kids and myself bonded like no other. Um, and for those two years, we got our butts whooped and then we whooped some butts at the same time. <laughs> and it was just that bond that we created. We, um, and the guys can tell you from g driving all the way down to Alabama, uh, for a couple of, uh, exhibition games to having the German national club stay a week in Jersey and beat up on us. And then yeah. us finishing second at high school nationals. Um, but once they graduated, it was 14 of us. Once they graduated out of the 14, 12 of them went division one, either football or basketball. Oh, wow. So, and at the same time was guys was asking, do we, do we have handball in college? Carolina was still out there. Um, hmm. Who else? Uh, West Point, but they're not giving out scholarships. Yeah. So guys was like, I'm going to go to where I don't have to pay of for course. schooling. Yeah. Out of those 12 guys that went Division One, four went to the NFL. No way. Yes. Two just recently, my cousin Eugene just recently retired from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, wow. um, another freak of nature, 6'7", 280-pound lineman. <laughs> he was our pivot. So when yeah. we went against New York City, I said, just hit fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do. Um, fun times. A uh, couple other guys was uh, with the Rams um, and Green Bay as well, recently retired. And now, you know, I still keep in contact and I still keep in touch with them. But it was like, the first thing we talk about is, yo, those trips with Frank. Yeah. was amazing. Like, I miss those days. And then the number one question is, I wish Hamble was professional because, yeah. you know, who knows what could have been if we would all stick together. And, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, for guys like myself and others, like, yeah. how can it advance my life? If yeah. I can, because I was always told that, you know, use my talents, don't let my talents use me. Yeah. So, for those guys was told the same thing and for most of them they used it to their full potential on the yeah. elite level yeah. and you know we always wanted to know like how can we do this at the elite level some guys like to be at home yeah. and some guys you know wouldn't mind going overseas yeah. but at the same time you know you're dealing with single parent homes you're dealing with uh living with aunts and uncles, grandparents. So you get that homestead mentality. Yeah. And the first thing they want to do is, is it in the U.S.? Yeah, exactly. How can it advance my life? And, you know, that's where you lose some of the guys. Yeah. Well, most of the guys, as a matter of fact. 
Yes, most most of the guys. I mean, I think, again, this is another historic story that I had no clue about. I mean, I think this is, it, it's so simple because you have to think about it. Friends, before 90s, was kind of like us, right? They didn't care about handball. They didn't do anything about handball. They played in school a little bit like anyone in Europe. But then all of a sudden, they had a generation, a phenomenal generation, a 16 people that all of a sudden they gelled and they put France on the map. And then year after year, got more people excited. Of course, they had Jackson Richardson who changed the game. And then boom, look at them now. It's one of the top sports in the country. And it was nothing. It was really, really nothing. So we have to, to always think about it. I mean, I know we, it's, it's like the situation we're in with such a big country with so many many, many mainstream sports, it's going to be difficult, but still, I mean, how can we just not get the right talent, give them this opportunity to improve their life, uh, lives and, and actually stay with it because yeah, they can play for a little bit. It's fun and all fun, but we need them to stay. Mm -hmm. so, we need, we need the, you know, the, oh, the award to be more than a risk. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, I, I love this story and I wish, it's told more often because I think from the practical aspect of it, it just shows that, hey, you can get some super athlete, athlete guys, play the play handball and give them that option whether they want to go to Division One other sport or continue with handball in some other form. So it, it's, it's, I love it. I really do. Well, brings me back to you and me again. Are you thinking of retiring anytime soon? Because I am thinking of retiring soon. <laughs> well, I know I'm not going to be an Olympian if uh, <laughs> if maybe, I got to wait. Maybe there's hope still. Yeah, it's just if, if I got to be a 2028. 20, well, it gives me plenty of time to study to be an athletic trainer. Maybe that'll get me in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, actually, uh, I, I took this year. I took last year's off. Uh, because I was dealing with some stuff with my mom. Um, God rest her soul. She passed away from cancer. And, you know, it, it definitely gave me some thought of, or some perspective on, you know, if I'm going to come back, I got to come back full force. I got to come back, you know, better than how I left it. Um, the past two years was kind of a struggle uh, being home and still trying to, you know, have my focus with handball as well. Uh, as you notice, I've, I've been with handball for a long time, so I got my heart broken a lot. <laughs> but uh, I'm still here, so uh, I guess this the domestic dispute is. I'm gonna see it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, I, I had to ask because I, I, you know, I mean, she's still much younger than me. But uh, uh, Saeed retired. You know that. I heard. Uh, so, I heard. I was like, oh, not, not my guy. Yeah. I, you look at him and, I mean, this guy is just like a, a physical, you know, specimen that I've never seen in my life. I mean, tears his ACL in four months. He's playing again. I'm like, what the hell? What is he doing? I don't get I it. Remember, I remember that. I yeah, was like, dude, week. like, what are you taking? Like, well, who no, are you? Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. But then he said that. And then, of course, with this year, because this year – I was really focusing on, on I'm going to get fit before the nationals, but uh, this whole thing happened and, you know, luckily I didn't have to train. So I'm just relaxing now. So um, 
I don't know how long can I go though, but it's like my mind is like, you know what? All I need is some young guy to tell me like, you know what? You're nothing. And that's all I need. Like to say, and to get back into it again until I'm 50. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I'm living in Connecticut right now and I am eight minutes away from this uh, overnight stay camp. And they actually have a foot sole goals. And we went uh, now because of the COVID, we, we can go certain places. And that was one of the places where we can go where not to be, not too many people know about it. Yeah. So I go there and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, man, next time I come back, I'm going to bring my handball. <laughs> so I bring my handball. My daughters bring their handballs. And now we're going, we're going a uh, three beam. I hit the right. You hit the top. I hit the left. Nice. Um, and next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I, I, I yeah. think I still got it. <laughs> And then I'm teaching them, and then my oldest goes, Daddy, I miss when you played because, you know, I, I like watching you get up from off the ground. I'm like, oh, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> but I'm like, I haven't seen that lift off for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then, you know, they, I go back and I'm looking at old photos of, you know, especially the last Chicago tournament I was at where we were successful oh, and yeah. my youngest was there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it one more shot and see, you know, see what we can do. Um, but nah, as far as retiring, uh, nah. <laughs> good. nah. Good. I'm back. I'm back for now. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, but Yvonne, I, I really appreciate your time. Um, this was fun. I learned actually a couple of things that I didn't know. And I usually think I know quite a lot, <laughs> but I love the stories you told. Um, now, until next time I see you on the court or maybe hopefully in Flanders. I don't know if you have the intention of coming if, uh, if they're going to organize it. Uh, but uh, can't wait to see you and can't can wait to battle it out a few more times between each other. Absolutely. So I will see you soon, Divine. Thank you again. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, boss. Have All a right. good one. Be safe. Kiss the little ones for me. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>